podcast. I am your co-host, Brad Anderson, manager of Hot Chub Time Machine. And, and I'm uh, joined by... Oh, I'm Amy DC with the Gnarly Sax. We'll get that one. We'll get we'll get it at some point. We'll get we'll like really stick the landing on our first two sentences of the podcast. Um, gosh, another great wild week two, both in the NFL and in our fantasy league. Uh, so much to recap. Uh, there were trades that were confounding. There were uh, plays in the NFL that were confounding, and uh, you know. Still a lot of question marks. I don't know how you feel about it, Eamon, but a lot of question marks in our league of who are the, you know, contenders and pretenders. So uh, we'll recap, look at some trades that happened, and then we've got a surprise section. So uh, hang tight. Here we go. So I'll just quickly do the recap of last week. Um, Brad beat Laurent, 106.91. Mike beat Matt 130 to 127. I'm skipping the decimal points unless it's important. Uh, Jay beat Eamon 125, 121. Willie beat Brian 111, 101. Henry, the high scorer of the week with Derek Henry in his uh, on his team, beat Ray 187, 133. And Ryan held off Frank or I guess overcame uh, and uh, 155 to 150. So quickly, Eamon, uh, we had some like close calls. I think we had one, two, three that were within five or six points, which is kind of rare for us. So yeah, I think, um, so we'll go with the least crazy ending first of the ones that were close. I mean, I was, I was down point one to Jay uh, for most of the game and and like that was that was painful um and then frank i think frank got the the worst of it where like ryan's tunyon and aaron jones stack right. that where he was like 98 percent chance to win just ran him over and like with four touch five touchdowns altogether right between, yeah between tunyon and aaron jones on a monday night game yeah and then yeah. You know, I I don't I think Matt's is only Matt's wasn't as improbable as Frank's, but because like I I think basically if everybody was paying attention, um, Lamar Jackson, the Mike's team had Lamar Jackson and they were down like eight when they were driving late in the fourth quarter, and Lamar Jackson does Lamar Jackson things and gets it to like, and they actually pull ahead. Mike pulls ahead. And then Patrick Mahomes goes out there, gets a bunch of passing yards, and Mike just pulls ahead slightly. And then, you know, there was a lot of time left, so I think Lamar Jackson would have got on the field, but CEH fumbled the ball, giving him the two points, which cost uh, Matt the game there. And and I believe, I'm pretty sure this is right, that Mike had Baltimore's defense. So it wasn't just him losing CEH points. Yeah. It was also that he lost. He Mike gained four point uh, two points for the fumble recovery. So it, yeah. it was like a pretty big. I think you know that that basically makes up the three point gap. Yeah. Because um, then Lamar just you know got a first down and the game was over. Yeah. 
Um, so, I mean, that, that, that's, that's up there. I, I still think, um, I think I definitely had the worst run in the history of the league in the second year of our league where I had three games in four weeks. Not, sorry, I was involved with the most intense moments. I lost two of three games. Um, I lost to you by point two on the craziest ending of a football game where it was, it was, you had OBJ and Eli, I think, and I had Barkley, or maybe you just had Eli. I don't, I will have to look back at it, but I had Barkley and you had one of those players and we were trying to like, and there were giants all they had to do was score a touchdown and they, they just kept fumbling not fumbling, but not getting in the end zone. So they ran four plays and then there was a defensive penalty and they ran four more plays and it was just the most intense thing because we were we were decimal points away, and then like the last play of the game, uh, OBJ catches the ball, and I lose because Barkley couldn't get in there the first two or three times. I mean, this uh, is what the, the cool thing is is like you, this is when fantasy multiplies the fun of the NFL, right? Because it's like we're all watching, you know, Sunday Night Football, right? Which is already a pretty fantastic game. And then we're watching, you know, we're going back and forth between our fantasy because like, it impacts our league. We also, you know, there's like schadenfreude for, you know, whoever loses. You're like, um, so it like those, I mean, I, I wasn't watching the game, uh, the Aaron Jones, um, Robert Tunyon, because I just didn't even pay it, it, like didn't even like occur to me. Um, but I was like, because I was just watching the Packers game. Um, but like that, watching that Sunday night football game and knowing what was on the line in that final drive and it, it just really enhanced the fun, uh, and kind of like the agony and the ecstasy of, uh, fantasy football. So bummer for Matt, you know, Mike gets away with another close one <laughs> and he is two and no. So now let's go back to our magic eight ball. We're a little clearer on what we're doing here. So it's like the Magic 8-Ball has three options. One is path to glory. Like, outlook looks good, right? Yeah, I, and I think um, just for that one, just to clarify early, just so we're not confused. I think, for example, this will be situations where somebody's doing really well at managing, everything's going well, even if I don't think that team's going to be a playoff team, right? Because there's definitely one team I already know I'm going to say path to glory, but I don't think they'll make the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's like, uh, you know, to simplify it into internet terms, it's trending up, trending down. But we're using, uh, you know, kind of a mixture of Magic 8-Ball and NFL stuff. So, uh, Path to Glory, uh, can't predict now, which is like, mm, eh. And then prospects look grim. So, let's just go from division to division. Uh, first, we will look at, uh, you know, I'm looking at my app. So most of the time, I'm going to be re recapping my game first and then also my division. So uh, let's just go to Brothers Grimm division. Hurt so good. Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts there? Um, I don't think much has changed. Um, I, you know, I think he's got a very solid starting lineup. Um, he has – he's having some injuries that are breaking his way so far. Um you know, because I think Jacobs, he was able to win without Jacobs being there. 
and Deontay Johnson, I wasn't paying close attention to the game, but then the next day it says, like, Deontay Johnson avoids serious injury. So, you know, that helps his starting lineup. Um, and, you know, he, he's got Rondell Moore, so if somebody gets, like, hot for that guy, he could possibly flip him in for another... Because, like, he'll be a high-end keeper. You know, I think that's the next evolution of trades. Like, I think this year with the with the, the, the people drafting injured players to hold all year, like, you know, I think... I think there'll be more people this year willing to trade for a guy who is like in the high teen rounds uh, as a keeper option um, to help their team next year. Um, so that'll be a thing because, you know, I, I think if you're a playoff team, unless Rondell Moore becomes Justin Jefferson, you're going to be scared to start him. But um, yeah, I think he's, I think he's going to position. He's uh, I think I'm going to bring this up a lot. I'll bring it up probably once a week. He's two sevens of the way to a playoff team. Um, with the two wins and uh yeah i think it's in good shape yeah i'm kind of in the same boat with you i you know in another league just traded away deontay johnson uh i think that yeah he's a possession receiver he did like it they said it's good not great uh and he missed practice today so you know that's not abnormal for people to like take time off but watching his um his progression the rest of the week will be important because I, I, I don't think, you know, he does have like w- one depth point at each or depth player at, at, at each position. So he does have James White, who we put in last week and really, you know, did well for him. He does, like, as you said, have uh, Rondell Moore. Um, but I could see, you know, Jacobs is hurt. Is Jacobs back? We still don't have any clarity on that. Is he starting this week? So he could go into uh, this week's matchup with Laurent, which at the beginning of the season may not have been as daunting as it is now. But so I kind of got him. Yeah, he's he's at the same place as he was last week, maybe trending a little bit down, depending on what the outcome is with uh, Deontay Johnson and Josh Jacobs. They might still be sitting for a couple more weeks. All right. So let's go to the next uh, person uh, who's right currently. Oh, the other thing that I want to point out is that Mike is currently third in overall points scored. I think that's an important important like barometer of how a team is doing and how a manager is doing. Because, you know, we'll get to somebody here who has been doing very well, but has just been like getting just beat, um, unfortunately. So, uh, but I think that's a good indicator of how, how a team is doing and how a manager is doing with their start sets. Uh, next up is Matt. Um, I'll start here. I mean, I think that he's got a couple concerns. And I've got him, uh, what did I say for Matt? I've got him trending down. Reason being is CEH, which the whole fantasy community is talking about, what the hell is going on, and Chenault, which I'm like, uh, you know, again, he was a like a pre-draft darling and isn't, and like now the two wide receivers there um are marvin jones and uh gosh chark they're the ones that are like you know showing to be the one and two and it's like proving that that offense is just going to be like a chuck it offense it's not like it's not going well for them right now uh and and then we get kind of we get thin pretty quickly right so gerald Everett, christian kirk you know i don't know that's the answer he's looking for um so 
I think that, you know, he just because, you know, CEH was his first round pick and Chenault, you know, he was, I think he was a guy he was banking on. I have him going like, oh, those were kind of, those might be misses as much as I want CEH to be a stud and he may, you know, show some positive regression. I don't think that, um, I, I, it's a little scary to me. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't want to keep that being up at Matt because I think last week we were both negative on him. Um, <laughs> but you know, CEH is going to come up later in the podcast. Um, and I think we're both on the same page because when we talked about that topic, uh, that was also going to be the person I brought up, but I went a different way. Um, I mean, he made some big choices. Uh, he it's, he's made a bunch of gambles based on the narrative of what he thinks will happen in the league this year. Um, for people like that, I don't ever like to be hypercritical because like you can't convince them otherwise. Um, He's made a choice that he thinks he can make the playoffs. That's why he drafted Trey Lance in the fourth round instead of another competent player. Uh, he's decided David Montgomery is going to be a top 10 back. I, I don't see it, but that's his choice. So I don't, I don't, you know, this isn't like the randomness of that. So now he's, he's just, if those things aren't true, it looks like a bad year and he doesn't have a first round player to really, or first round pick to trade to solidify. So, uh, you know, he's done fine so far. Um, I'll, I'll say signs point down, but you know, I don't, I don't want to be overly critical. I just want to say like you do you and, and good luck with that. Um, yeah, currently he is the sixth place in points four. So he's, you know, he's still top table, top half of the table. Uh, okay. Uh, I am currently in third eked out a win, <laughs> eked out a win over Laurent. Um, and for me, I still have, uh, I am still like, I need, cannot like, cannot predict now, cannot guess now because I still don't like, I just, there's something about Barkley, like watching him. I was like, Oh, I don't know if this is going to work out. Um, and Justin Fields with, with Wentz going out, I'm going to be putting in Justin Fields. And I think that, that, what that looks like. I mean, if he's great, then yeah, I'm going to feel a lot better. But right now, I mean, with that performance, the stat line wasn't great. The points weren't great. He did run a lot, which is, you know, a cheat code. But I'm not sure that, you know, he's going to settle in. You know, I need someone to, you know, I, I need a QB now. Um, and I just don't know if um, he's going to be able to perform right out the gate. So I, you know, I could easily be looking at one and two, one and three, uh, if he doesn't find his footing. So I'm, I'm going to say, uh, still not convinced, and uh, yeah, maybe even trending down. But, um, you know, I, I don't think anything's drastically changed from last week. Um, just kind of going back to the last team. This is one of the other points. Like, I don't want to be critical of Matt's team, but. You know, there is a, you know, David Montgomery is going to lose all of his receiving work because just history shows these young rookie running quarterbacks, they don't swing it out to, to, yeah, to they their. Yeah, they tug it and go. They tug it and go or whatever like that. So you're also taking a little bit off Montgomery there. Um, but now getting back onto your team, you know, I think your team's fine. It doesn't have any starting holes. I think, you know, as much as your team's going to be on path to glory, glory I think you're, you're in good shape like you had a bad week stat wise um but you know you're 
your receivers who you invested in, um, guys who I don't typically like, Robinson and Cooper, have bad weeks, but they they had bad weeks. They'll they'll come back and be better, and you'll you'll be more in the one thirty range, and you'll probably win enough games with that. Like I don't I don't think anybody else really had a crazy good game for you, um, you know. And and Barkley will I think they'll start doing more stuff. Like the the Giants haven't really been on the goal line. And that's that's when you're drafting a first round running back, you expect them to get touches inside the the five yard line. So, um, if that happens, like if he gets one touchdown from two yards out, he's not that far from Nick Chubb, who you're very happy about so far. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's the running back three, so he might be a little far back, but um, no, but I mean, like for this yeah, week. One guy had 16. If the other guy gets a touchdown on a two-yard run, he has uh, 13 or 14. You're you're basically there. Um, right. So you know, I don't like. I think your starting team is fine. You know, depth and stuff. That's fine. You'll just have to work it. Um, and you can just have your anti-vax team go forward. Yes. Okay. And now let's go to like our first big difference of the week, in my opinion you may change which is laurent so laurent let's you 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 down to just get into this trade now sure is it, yeah, cool so uh the trade that happened was between ray and laurent we all looked at it and we were all like you know ripples went through the the text messages the private text messages uh of like, is there something missing? Is there something wrong? So Ray got Hill, Gronk, and AJ Brown. And when I say Hill, I do not mean Tyreek. I mean Taysom. And Laurent got Robert Woods, Roundtree, and Rogers, Aaron Rodgers. Um, and now, because of that, I really think that Laurent's team looks pretty damn solid there is you know I, I would say he's trending up very clearly from where he was last week uh with his you know with his running backs as you know the only gap so let's go back to the trade i'll just say i don't get it i i think that it really puts ray in a tough position because he you know before this trade it was announced it, it hadn't been announced that Tua was out. But right now, he doesn't have a starting quarterback. Fitz is out till week eight, is what they're projecting. So he's, unless he makes a big trade to get a quarterback, he's basically riding with Taysom and maybe Tua for weeks. It, I don't know when Tua comes back. He's got a broken rib. It's not like a a bruised rib or like a little cartilage it's a broken rib so i think it puts him in a weird spot he's zero and two he's going up who's he going up against this week uh he's going up against willie willie okay so willie's you know projected to only get 135 points but he also made a trade that i think made his team stronger all right. Well, so, let's hold on. Hold on. Let's uh, let's, start, let's slow down. Go slow down. The you went. You went. You went several minutes there. 
let's let's slow down. Um, let's let's not overthink this. This is a uh, this when we're doing analysis. I think we should slow stuff down, and we don't shouldn't overthink the narratives and all the ripple effects. Um, as far as this trade goes, just I I genuinely um, I think the term devil's advocates misused currently and is overthought of but you know i i genuinely try to see both sides of the trades like the other big trade that ray was involved with i was more than willing to say like this could work out very well for him um and so this one i don't know if i can say that <laughs> um i think it's 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 rough um you can't trade aaron Rodgers. um you can't trade Aaron Rodgers and not get a QB back. Like, if if you're like, I don't want Aaron Rodgers because he sucked week one and I don't think he's going to be good, then you still have to get a, you know, I, I can't use Derek Carr anymore because he's been good so far. Um, I don't know who's a baseline QB. I guess Matt Ryan's become a baseline QB now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to trade Aaron Rodgers, you got to get a Matt Ryan back. You got to get a Kirk Cousins back or something like that. Um, and then... And then he trades Robert Woods, who will also come up later in the podcast. Um, who, you know, I'm not overly excited. Uh, I'll get into that later. But he didn't trade for a guy who was hot. Like, he traded two very key important elements for a wide receiver who is not living up to his draft price. And, you know, you know, if, you, if you're trading for Hopkins, uh, and Hopkins has been great so far this year... I get it. I get you getting dreamy-eyed and, and going like, oh, what Hopkins could do on my team. But, like, there's a, there's legitimate questions about A.J. Brown and, and, and his consistency because his his productivity um, per pass attempt is was, before this year, historic. Like, he was the one of the greatest outliers in fantasy wide receiver history in those first two seasons. So, um you know, raise gamble on that. And then, you know, I think also after we talk about some of these trades or after we talk about the divisions, I do want to talk about um, the conversations I had with Ray after this trade um, and the players and we talked about. Um, but, I, you know, I think, I, I think, I really think he's has one of the bottom teams now in our, in our league because he can't have a starting, he doesn't have a starting QB. <laughs> And like in his one starting QB, it's not like he has Mahomes or Kyler. His one starting QB is a guy who's probably going to be QB fifteen to twenty most weeks. Um, he's he's in a world of trouble. And after all the draft pick compensation, I you know it's it's crazy. And yeah, then I mean... and then just to get my position on Laurent, yeah, I, I can agree more. He's got a solid starting lineup now. Um, he's, he's playable. Um, he really, he really, it really just worked out for him again this year. Yeah. Um, you know, like with going back to the trade philosophy, like I, I usually like try and do it where it's like, it helps the team somehow, right? Like I, I can see how this works. Um, even in my own trades, like I'll trade you something, even though if I know I'm winning the trade, I'm like, hey, I know that this helps your team. 
um, and I'll start from there. I'm not. I'm just not quite sure. He has three tight ends. Even if he wanted to play a tight end in the flex, he can't play. I guess he could play it in the super flex. I guess he could have three tight ends all playing. But anyway, it's it's a little compounding. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I'll bring that up later because that was also part of the conversation I had with Ray. Um, great. Okay, and right now, just to t- say Laurent, uh, even though we have him trending up, both of us have him trending up, and uh, he um, he is 209. Yeah. He has a 209 points, which places him 11th in the league in points, uh, which, you know, I think that he'll his in two weeks he'll be up there a little further uh great next up is so yeah uh, I, I as far as i i i have to say um yeah i think he's on the road to glory or whatever um i don't you know i don't know if he'll really jump that much higher but i think considering the hole he was in it's not you know he's not a layup anymore i think i think there was like some ideas that like once you get to bye weeks he would definitely, like, whenever Dallas is on their body, you'd be like, whoever is playing him is just winning that week. I don't think that's necessarily the case anymore. And, you know, he might go crazy and try to trade his first-round pick again and get Miles Gaskin and DK Metcalf lover players back. So, uh, yeah. training, training or, uh, road to glory. Uh, okay, great. So let's go to Division Two, your division, which uh, sitting atop of that right now at 2-0 and is Jay's team. Um, he currently sits at fourth most points with 276 and um, what I have for him is that again I'm just nothing has changed that much um, I think that he's you know his his team is solid but maybe outperforming their uh, projections uh, but uh, you know nothing has changed for me I think that he's still got a pretty solid team uh, and I don't have much to say. Yeah, I, um, he's uh, he's in good shape. I, I, I this is the team again that when I was talking about last week, it's like there. I, I evaluate a team by how many players I wish I had on my roster, and he's definitely got a team with a lot of those type of guys, even if they're mm-hmm. not big mm-hmm. name sexy like you know Jamal Williams and Ramondre Stevenson are just the type of guys I want as like my Arby's four and five, where it's just like, there is a lot of potential there, but also like a Jamal Williams, you can play week to week. And even if he has a bad week, you know, you're still getting five to seven points. Um, and I think, yeah, I think he's managing a team that looks pretty solid. I, I, you know, I think he's going to be a playoff team. Um, even if he makes a big trade to get like a MVP level type guy, then He's got a chance at the championship. Okay, we'll move on to, to uh, Path to Glory. Path to Glory, man. Um, so you're up next. Uh, currently, you have 264 points and sit at fifth most points overall. Um, I'll start with you, so you don't have to talk about yourself right away. Uh, and it all is... Um, all on Taylor. I think that Jonathan Taylor uh, will come along. So I think that you're going to be uh, like road point to glory. You're, you're trending up. Um, because 
I think that Taylor has not been great, but will be. Uh, he'll continue. He's getting lots of touches. Um, and, you know, uh, I think that the my question mark for you really is you have two, two of the top five quarterbacks right now. And I know that was your plan, but can't top three, two of the top three quarterbacks. Yep. Three of the top five. Three of the top five. Oh. Um, but can that persist? Will that persist? Um, I think that, you know, Kyler, it's kind of there, but I, I could see, you know, Brady being in a bunch of, you know, 21. You know, the, the, the Bucks haven't scored a rushing touchdown yet. Um, you know, you t- take one rushing touchdown out of, out of the two rushing touchdowns out of the nine that they've scored. Uh, you, you put those as touch as rushing touchdowns instead of passing touchdowns. Brady then becomes a, a top 10 and not like a absolute killer. So, um, you know, I, I think that it's a strategy that's working out in your favor right now. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know if that can persist. But I do think that Taylor should make up the gap uh, if one of those guys falls off. Yeah, I think... Um... I think after this week, um, I think Indianapolis has gotten a giant ass full of Carson Wentz in every single way, including that him basically costing them the game this week. Um, and I think they're like, you know what? We're just going to go back to simple. Um, and because we don't know if Wentz is going to play, and if he plays, he's going to hurt us. We need to design our team more around Jonathan Taylor like they did last year. Um and I, I, you know, I'm not overly concerned. And I think, you know, they had some bad matchups. Like, um, Aaron Donald is going to not be favorable for running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's fine. And, you know, this is the gamble with Brady. Like, you know, I thought he was going to exceed 50 touchdowns easily. You know, the question is, does he exceed 60? Because um, I don't think there's anybody who's going to be like, you win football by running the ball into the end zone. Like I think he wants to. Like I think he wants to, to make the wide receivers feel happy, and he'll just throw more uh, touchdowns than worry about Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones, who will be just lucky to come back next year. So I'm not overly concerned about that. Obviously, tight ends a hole, which always is, and I just don't care. Uh, and you know, I you know, this is the team I built. This is the team. I want to have um and you know daniel jones is a, a sixth round player and you know if he stays in this top 10 running quarterback which i think he will and we'll talk about he's another person we'll talk about later uh you know i i'm not urgently trying to trade him um so i feel i feel good about my team and i you know I, I'm happy with my depth, and we'll just uh, we'll just roll through, and hopefully Jerry Judy comes back in a couple weeks, and then like I have just one piece away from a championship at that point. So next up is Ryan. Uh, he is currently uh, two four two hundred forty seven points, which puts him at ninth in the um, in the points four. Um, so I'm going to talk about the other trade kind of just wrap it in here. And I think it's a good trade. This is a trade that like this, this is how I like to think as we talk about trade philosophies. I don't like it. So the, the trade is Julio Jones for Darrell Henderson. Um, currently, Darrell Henderson 
he is injured, but he's the running back nine. And Julio's coming off a week where he looked good. He looked like he was more he was heavily targeted. He almost had a touchdown, one that like if he would have hopped instead of like landed, it would have counted. Um so I think that's a good trade. And I think it's a good trade for both teams. Ryan was in search of a uh, running back and got a, a good running back too, I believe. And then he, he stacked, he didn't lose much by ch- trading away Julio because he still has Brandon Cooks, Chris Godwin, Stefan Diggs, and Keenan Allen. And then Willie, uh, you know, Tyson Williams is showing up. And he also has Javante Williams. So he, he did lose a little bit, but he now has the reunion of Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. So that's the trade. Um, we'll go back to Ryan, but just like quick thoughts on the trade. No, I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a smart move by Willie because uh, he gets a stack, whether that stack works out or not. Um, Right, I didn't even know. You know, that. the Tannehill, you know, those weeks when Julio gets those uh, 202 touchdown weeks, those are going to be very scary weeks to face him. Um, so, you know, that, that'll that get him some wins, and that gets him in the playoffs possibly, even though he's, you know, we'll talk about more about his team, but it's not super exciting. But um, I think, it's, yeah, I think he did well. Um, I think Ryan did fine. I I don't like Daryl Henderson. Um, yeah, you, you don't like the two and O Rams. It's a it's a thing. Yeah, the Rams. Okay, they they faced they faced they had easy games so far. They faced Andy Dalton and Carson Wentz with two bad ankles, where he's trying to intentionally lose the game. Um, you know, it's it's not. You know, let's see what they do with the Bucks this week. And the you know, they have three very tough games coming up with the Bucks, Cardinals, and and Seahawks. Um, okay, so if they emerge three and two or four and one, are you going to be like they're a good team? If they emerge three and two, then no, they're not a good team. You have to beat two out of three good teams to be a good team. So that's uh, the delineating thing. You'll be ready to be like, oh, they're a good team. If, if they're four and one, they'll be fine. I also most <laughs> of my take was specifically about the fantasy players, which again, this will come up later, but um, not many of them have been paying off. Daryl Henderson's been the one guy who has. But also, they're you know they're they're kind of gimmicky, like he's getting touchdowns. Like if he didn't get the touchdowns, both games are single digits, and you know you're like, oh, this isn't good. And it's not like he's balls. I call her my uncle. Uh, Sure, but he got touchdowns. Like that's a part of it. Anyways, we're we're getting off topic. But you just made up a thing where Tom Brady, who's one of the greatest passing quarterbacks ever, well, if he has two less touchdowns, it's like. But it's much more likely he won't get touchdowns every week. And he's already hurt, which is always an issue with him. And, you know, who, who knows? If Sony Michelle plays this week and Sony is much better than him because he hasn't been great. Like, he's, you know. Oh, no, I'm, I'm talking about Cooper Cup. I'm saying that Cooper, you, you said Darrell Henderson's the only player that's done well. And I'm like, oh, and also Cooper Cup, who's the wide receiver one. Uh, I didn't say the only person. I said a lot of them have not been doing well. I was, like, Higby has been a nothing and everybody was excited for him and woods will come up later and hasn't been good let's go back to ryan yeah ryan's team i think is actually because of that trade 
uh, and he secured a good trade. I actually think that he's trending up, and I would that would be a team that I think gets better and harder to beat. Yeah, I, I think he's still in the category for me personally. With the I brought it up last week, I don't love his QB situation. You know, another week where you know Justin Herbert doesn't score fifteen points, and he's your best quarterback, um, and Joe Burrow scores ten, like you're going to have trouble competing with that when you're facing other teams where, you know, somebody has Patrick Mahomes, that's 35 points and it's more than your two quarterbacks. Um, So I, you know, I think that's a, that's a big hole. I would like, if he wants to be serious about the playoffs, I'd like to see him change that up, but I don't, you know, that's not easy to do, but that, that's the, that's my concern. I'm, I'm more than happy to be wrong about that. And then the last one, which I think is a very interesting, is uh, in in your division is Frank. Poor Frank. Frank has two hundred eighty three points four. Currently second in points four. And is zero and two. So goes fantasy football. Um, like he he would be in the playoffs right now, though. For the record, he would be in the playoffs. Right. We have that that sixth spot. For the playoffs um so i think that he got a good fun like i i think that he's trending up and i like like his team uh i think that he some of his draft picks hit um and some of his keepers are showing so you know Devonte adams it's like it's good that he got Devonte adams and Devonte adams returned to form but also like marquise brown like that was a guy that like what do they call him post type sleepers where it's like he was a, a darling last year and now people like kind of wrote him off but he's like clearly the number one wide receiver in uh in baltimore and lamar seems to be comfortable throwing it to him and there's a couple times when he like missed balls like where like, he was targeted and he was it was just out of reach so i think that he could end up you know, he could continue this output because Lamar is looking to him. So getting that find, and I think that that's like kind of the goal of those late rounds, is finding a guy who can end up being a wide receiver two, possibly even a wide receiver one. I mean, right now he's wide receiver eight. I don't think he stays there, but I think that he ends up being a wide receiver two. So being able to have that end up being uh, a part of like a piece in his, uh, on his team, uh, Paired with Devonte Adams and Tyler Lockett, I think that that he's done a good job. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think he's in good shape. I think uh, uh, signs point to uh, Glory Path or whatever. Um, <laughs> we'll get it. We'll get it at some point. I think we'll change it every week. I think we should change it every week just so it's something funny um, and avoid. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think he's in good shape. I think you know, obviously Lockett is gonna fall to earth because that's what Lockett does he's boom or bust uh he started the season with two boom games um so the busts are coming um but you know nobody else is really going crazy I don't think Devontae Adams truly has been Devontae I mean the 16 point game is like that even feels low for him um with no touchdown right with no touchdown yeah so like you're Devontae Adams is that type of guy where if it's below 20 you're like it's not a great week um, I mean, that's just, that's why you take him so high. And I think I suggested 
there was a good argument to take him above McCaffrey and Cook. I wouldn't have done it, but I'm just saying there was a good argument to take him above that. Um, yeah, he's in good shape. I think, uh, you know, he got he got the Tony Pollard thing, too. Like, he mm-hmm. hasn't started him yet, but, you know, if, if, if... I think there's some people in the analyst community that are just so dug in on Zeke that they just want to pretend like there's no chance that a healthy Zeke could get less than 50% of the touches. And I think that is a world there. Cause I think Mike McCarthy might just say like, Hey Jerry, you want to win, right? Like it's very clear. And Tony Pollard's making these plays. So if that happens, he's in great shape and he has possibly a really great keeper for next year. Okay. And now on to the final division, which is, uh, division three, uh, recently changed their name to the cauldron do you think anybody actually agreed to that or ray just announced it um no one said anything against it so maybe (laughs) maybe i mean we'll see if it changes next week we know that it's ray because he has to change he'll take over the changing his name his team name and the division name every week uh so sitting atop of that division so far is our points leader which is henry Holiday and Express. And I think this is pretty easy for me. I'll just say Pat goes to glory, whatever it is. He is trending way up. Um partly because of the division. I, I, I think that, you know, Ray and Willie are at uh the all all three of his opponents, or you know, it's two weeks into it, but all three of the other division people, division managers, um, are in the bottom half of points four. And I have I have Willie pointing up because of that trade, but I have Ray pointing down and I have Ryan pointing down. So I think that he he's got a kind of a clear path to um, to a very successful fantasy season. And um, you know he's Henry and, and Harris. Harris is really turning out to be the back that, uh, the go-to back there. Um, and right now he has, you know, the number one, uh, wide receiver. And like, I just feel like he's got a solid team. He's got guys on the, he's got Boyd and Beckham on the bench. He's got Pittman. He's got some good, solid, uh, backups. So, uh, I would say, trending way up he's our points leader it makes sense um yeah i mean it points to glory um i mean he's he's definitely like teetering on this like uh running back situation because if damian harris gets hurt it's real ugly real fast um you know i i wouldn't feel great about cordell patterson and mark ingram um and i think that's that's where he's gonna have trouble. I don't, you know, I don't like the Detroit wide receivers in new locations. Um, you know, I think Kenny Galladay is a better football player than fantasy player. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's good. He's, he's fine. And like, he'll probably be in the playoffs. So I don't know if we need to, or if I need to say anything else. I just, I don't think he's invincible. And I think he's one of these teams that because Derrick Henry does what Derrick Henry does, you remember all of his really big time weeks, 
but I, I you know I'd have to look at it but I don't know if he was uh, I don't remember where he finished in points for last year um, um, another thing I just want to point out like say a, a running back was Damien Harris was to go down he has two top tight ends which is like it could be a value like he could go out and trade Hawkinson and get like a decent running back pretty quickly and then fill that flex spot move Travis Kelsey up obviously up to the tight end position and then put fill that flex spot with a Beckham with a Boyd with a Pittman and it wouldn't affect his like you know it wouldn't affect his projections and his his ceiling too much depending on obviously what running back he could get back for uh Hawkinson but I like the you know, I think that that might be a parachute for him that he, that he's planned for. So he was, uh, Henry last year was fourth in total points. Um, for only four points ahead of Ryan for fifth and about 50 points ahead of Brian for, uh, six. So like, you know, pretty tight, but he also had, like, I think he had two 200 point games last week. So it's like, you know, the 180 is like, wow, but also like, you know, when Derrick Henry's getting his 12 points, which is great, um, it's still, it's just, you know, you were just sounded so excited. It was like, well, I, you know, I would be great. Um, cool. Let's, uh, let's move on. Great. Uh, move on to Brian. Uh, any of this is his team left over from last week um, with 252 points. I mean, listen, I said he's in the top, he's in the bottom half of it between you who's fifth and Ryan who's ninth there's 17 point gap but really like between you who's uh fifth and Brian who's eighth there's a 12 point gap so it's it I mean it's so very it's very very tight I shouldn't be talking so poorly of Brian brother Brian um but yeah I I have I have Brian uh training down because of his QB options they just scare me (laughs) like Taylor Heineke did well last week, but Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, I think it's it just he's got to get that right each week. And even if he gets it right, I, I don't see him having like twenty point weeks regularly. You know, so I, I think that that is uh, a scary situation. And if he plays the wrong one, or one of those younger guys has a bad week because you know they're rookies and it's a tough league, um, it could really hurt him. So that that's that's all. I mean, the rest of his roster, I'm okay with. You know, he hit Mike Williams, um, Debo. You know, so like kudos to him. But uh, that's that's just my only concern is like that those um, those guys could just not do well in a week and just sink his week. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the truth is, um, I mean. I, I, I think it's unclear or whatever that one is. Um, Cause he does like every once in a while he has great drafts, but he doesn't, he's not as invested into the league as everybody else. Mm-hmm. So he has a bunch of guys he should have cut by now. Um, they, like, you know, we cut players. Like I, I always try to bring this up. It's like, I try to draft players that I think I'll end up cutting cause I'll, I'll be fine with them being cut. But he's got a couple people on his team that like just move on. Um, you know the Gainwells and stuff like that. That's that's good. That's the type of guy you want to hold on to, Hines. But you know, Gallup, it's over. Uh, Harris, it's over. Rager, it's over. Like just 
there's no path for them to do anything. Gabriel Davis, was he hurt last week? Um, he had zero points last week. Um, you know, I, I think the QB situation, you know, maybe Taylor Heineke is legitimately the, the Ryan Fitzpatrick where it's like he's high risk and, you know, he's going to put up big point games because he's thrown crazy passes to McLaurin, um, which I don't, I also think that's going to be the a downfall of Matt because I think teams will now have – once you get to about four or five games of, of game tape, you can kind of figure out a QB. And I think that when they do that, they're going to figure out he's hyper-targeting McLaurin, and it's going to be tough because I don't think there's a second great receiving option. I mean, he does have some upside with George Kittle not doing anything yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is the year to – if maybe he should move George Kittle if he goes out, especially because like I don't know if he's going to be returning value anytime soon. If because next year I'll be a fourth round keeper, and if he's this guy or he's the injured guy, neither one helps you. So um, yeah, I'll just say unclear because I do think he has a pretty good starting lineup. Uh, Kamara had a real bad week yeah, last week. Bad week, yeah. So. You know, maybe that's a Jameis thing, or maybe it's just a bad week. Um, yeah. And if he, if he, if Kamara has a good week, he possibly wins, right? Because like, he only lost by fifteen or something. He lost by. Yeah, he lost by fifteen. So if Kamara gets twenty-two points, he wins. Um. Oh no, am I look? I'm looking at the, I'm looking at you, you Laurent. Uh, where's Brian? Oh, he lost to Willie by ten. Yeah. So he could yeah. be very easily at uh, two and up. Two and up. So it's fine. Cool. Um, now let's look at the next, <laughs> the third position, which is uh, he's one and one. His name is Willie Orbison. Uh, and he's currently has 206 points for, which is, puts him as number 12. However, I have him trending up. This is why. I like the Julio trade, as I've already said. I don't need to talk about it again. And I think there's a chance he beats Ray this week, which could put him at two and one. And like, if he can get out of the division divisional rounds at two and one, you know, kind of with the with Tannehill not looking great, and um, you know, maybe maybe they figure it out with Najee and Calvin Ridley having like one like just a terrible start. If his player, like, he's, I still think that his team is pretty good. Chase Claypool's, you know, they're getting targeted down the field, even though he's not, like, you know, it, it's not converting into points and receptions right now. So, and he's, you know, I, I don't love his depth. You know, there there are things that I'm, like, I could point to. But for a guy that's in 12 points for, the only way is up. It can't get any worse. So I think that, like, if he can eke out a, a win against Ray this week, um, you know, and, and leave the division around two and one, that, that would be a pretty, I think he'd be pretty damn happy with that. Yeah, I think, I think he's a guy who needs to go in the trade market and remake his team. Um, I don't, I, I just don't like, when I look at this team, I just go, ugh. Because um, I, I, you know, I had Chase Claypool as a possible keeper, and 
I was like, I don't want to trust Ben Roethlisberger's arm, and I don't think it's going to get any better soon. Um, so, I, you know, I think as much as, like, people are saying, like, he leads the league in NFL air yards or whatever stat, it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter if you can't catch it. I mean, that was what happened with Darnell Mooney last year. Um, Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky threw the ball, like, 10 yards away from him, and it's like, yeah, you got a lot of air yards, but it doesn't mean anything. We don't, we don't do that for fantasy. Uh, Najee Harris, like, you really have to wonder if they can create production for him. Like, yeah. he, he might be fine, but, like, is that a possible outcome? Um, you know, Julio, we'll see. Like like I said, I think I think the, the Tannehill-Julio is the type of thing that that stack can win you a couple weeks. So you're, you're looking at a better chance of making the playoffs to get to that seven, as I, th- I think the number is. So I, I'll say unclear just because I, I think – He's relying on a lot of other stuff. Um, you know, maybe he should flip Darnold to you for. Uh, well, you don't want to do that. Um, but somebody might be really excited for Darnold. Don't, don't hold back. Don't hold back on possible trades that could be, go across. My no, desk. but Darnold for Baker, like that doesn't really make any sense. And he needs to trade Darnold for. He needs to package Darnold and a wide receiver running back for a better version, just to, just to have another stud. Um, for people who believe in Darnold. And I think, you know, all right, fine, I'll put it out there. Hey, Ray and uh, uh, Will, you guys should make a trade. I don't know what you guys, what Will you want, but uh, Ray needs a quarterback, uh, and Sam Darnold's very startable. Um, so, you know. Let's transition then to our final person at 0-2 with 225 points. So before we go too far into this, I just want to admonish Henry. Um, you broke Ray. Um, for the first time ever, Ray hasn't sent his video in time for our podcast. We will put it in once he sends it. But Henry, you know better. That was very unfair. I, I, I'm sorry we weren't together to invite you on to, to yell at you for this. But um, next time when you guys play, we'll, we'll have you in and you can... Uh, Maybe we'll just put both of you on and you guys can yell it out real quick. Fire reactions brought to you by the good folks over at Brill Cream. First and foremost, I have faced the most points, but I have not scored the least points. Willie and Laurent, thank you very much. Uh, I've lost one and two rounds. Third is coming soon. But Amondo and Brado at 0-2, I can say I am firmly entrenched in the mix. Tua and Fitz, 0.52 plus 0.72 equals 0.124. Rogers first week gave me 1.232. Taysom Hill, 1.82. He gets the start. And just the name people who've gotten hurt Fitz, Mostert, Tua, CMC, Mike Evans, Wentz, Henderson, Tyrod, Andy Dalton, Deontay Johnson, Austin Eckler, Vicious Chenault, Derek Carr, Jarvis Landry, Josh Jacobs, Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, Amari Cooper, Baker Mayfield, Russell Gage, the list goes on. Bad luck, whatever you call it, it's fantasy. I'm going, I'm going to predict it right now. I'm going 2-0 and in the next two weeks. Matt and Willie, Soft frauds. Let's go. Ray has 225 points, which is currently 10th in the league. Um, 
I will say that outcome looks grim. <laughs> I got it right. I got it right. I said I said what the magic eight ball says. Uh, and I under my like in my notes I have so many reasons. Is <laughs> uh, I think I already laid it out in the trade. Um, I, I just don't see a way that this comes together for him. People know that he needs like that's the weird thing. I, I talked to him about it too. Like I was like, people know that you need a quarterback, so there's leverage. There's leverage in the conversation that they're like, oh, you need a quarterback. You got to pay for it. So, um, you know, he 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 does say that he's like. Okay, I've got a plan. I'm gonna ride with it. I'm like, cool, dude. I hope you know. Maybe this. Maybe the, he'll start posting birds or something in the thing, and like a like this big plan is gonna come together. But um, I don't see it. And I think that it's it might be over pretty quickly. Yeah, I I I, I um when I shake the magic eight ball and ask it for Ray, <laughs> the ball doesn't the the little thing with the words doesn't even come back up it's just this empty abyss of nothingness um and i think i mean it's been two weeks since the draft and every time he's every time anybody asks him like i have a plan he keeps saying i have a plan and it seems like to only get worse and like you know um i'll just get into it here because i think we've beat him up and already but i do want to talk about this is after the trade um he he started propositioning me for trades and he started with Gronkowski cause I don't have a tight end. And like, like I'm not paying, I'm not overpaying for a tight end. Um, I've just chosen this lifestyle. I shall walk without a tight end in this league until I get lucky on a draft day and get somebody who's awesome. But I'm not trading like even like a TJ Hawkinson, he might be great. I just, I don't have the guts to trade something I know is good for something I think is going to end up going bad pretty quickly. Um, unless I can do it with draft picks for next year. Um, so we're, we're, we're going back and forth and I'm like, uh, I was like, I don't want Gronk at all. Like he's been great. That's great. He's number one tight end. I'm not, I'm not paying that price. Like you should just move on. Um, and then he asked about Daniel Jones and Chase Edmonds. And, you know, I think this is, this is like where you have to learn who you who you are and who other people are and i you know i really i spend a lot of time constructing my team in my head and this offseason um chase edmonds was always very clearly in my head i was like he's gonna totally be a top 15 running back right now he's running back 14 he'll play enough games he'll catch enough balls he won't do anything derrick henry or chris mccaffrey like maybe he'll have a week one week like chris mccaffrey where it gets like eight catches and a couple of receiving touchdowns, but you know, he's just going to be a guy who gets double digits every week and just fills in my team. So he's kind of off limits unless you're giving me a running back back. And, um, and then Daniel Jones has been, uh, you know, he's arguably the fantasy MVP. If anybody plays him at this point, cause he's the number five quarterback on the year and he's had bad weeks so far. Like his teams haven't played well. Like if that offense starts clicking, you know, he's, doing Lamar Jackson things because he's he's running the ball for 80 yards in a game. Um, I think, you know, so when, when he was coming asking for these things and, and I won't say who he offered me, but, like, I was just like, I 
it was more than a fair trade. It was a second round type player uh, for uh, Daniel Jones and Devontae Adams, which are, which is the sixth and seventh. And if you would have went to me three weeks ago and said, hey, if you give me your sixth and seventh, I'll give you my second round pick, I'd be all over it. But um, these guys have just become so valuable in, in the structure to my team. And, I, you know, I think that's the point was like, if Ray would have came to me, like, I think Ray really thought like, I want these players... So I'm going to acquire this player before I check and see if those players are available. Like, for example, I'll just keep bringing up Mike because I think Mike is a nice guy. It'll never get offended in the wrong way. If I wanted to get DeAndre Hopkins and I thought there is this one player, maybe it's Marquise Brown. And he's like, I can probably package something with, with Marquise Brown to get DeAndre Hopkins so I can have a stack and he can have a stack. But I would at least go to Mike first and say, like, hey, would this get this done? I wouldn't just go trade for Marquise Brown and be like, oh, I don't want Marquise Brown. Um, and I think that's what Ray did was he traded for assets, assuming he'd be able to flip them, and people aren't interested. That's why he hasn't made that next trade yet. Yeah. We'll so. see how it how it plays out. Uh, you know, I think that it could end up getting worse with it, depending on the Tua. Um, news, what comes out. They already announced that Brissett is the starting quarterback this week. Um, it could, it could, he could be riding with no quarterback for a couple of weeks, a few weeks. Uh, all right, so that wraps up um, our divisional, like that Magic Eight Ball review. It, the only, did you want to talk about anything on the waivers? We talked about the trades. We talked about the players, uh, the managers. Uh, I mean, I did wake up this morning and see like a lot of people. Uh, I know there was this old like myth about like, oh, the East Coast people have advantage, but I noticed a lot of people had picked up uh, players like six hours before I woke up this morning. So <laughs> it seems like there might also be a Pacific time advantage if you if you play it right here. Um, uh, I, I go to bed so early. Uh, cool. Yeah, anyway. I mean just. Uh, I mean, they're, they're the standard waivers. I do think this shows why, like, um, you have to just be mindful of when you're using uh, your waiver priority because this week there's not really anything great. Right. Um, all right, so let's go to our, our final segment, which is surprise, I'm good, or surprise, I'm terrible. Uh, these are... <laughs> not terrible bad they're all nfl players um these are a player in surprise that are surprising us that they are good uh and surprise in the player that's surprised that they're playing bad or that it's going poorly for them the, uh this season and this is not like oh this is person's like blowing it up and like they're crazy it's just like oh this person is actually an asset or this person you know uh should be doing better so Whoever you want to start with, Eamon, the the person that's surprising you that they're terrible or surprising that they're they're doing well, uh, fire away. Um, so I, I think we should start with negative so we can end on positive and give hey, people hey, positive let's vibes. Go. Let's um, go. So uh, everybody, I hope you're s- s- sitting down. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Rams in a negative way. Um, Robert Woods has a historic narrative over the last three years of he's going to be wide receiver 10 to 15 every year, um, which was true with Jared Goff. Um, 
And right now, Robert Woods is right receiver 42 or something? 41, yeah. 40, 41. Um, now, I do think he'll get back to having 17-point games every once in a while. But there's a couple of things that makes me feel he's uh, he's not going to be great. Um, he's not going to be what he was. I think he'll finish outside of his top uh, outside of the top thirty wide receivers. Um, first being uh, Matt Stafford hyper targets players. Sometimes it's it's only game to game, which I think he did with uh, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. But historically, he is always looking for one player. Now there'll be weeks now that we have established who the the Kenny Galladay Calvin Johnson is here, which is Cooper Cup. There will be weeks where teams will load so much up, it will get Woods will get you know seven eight catches for whatever. But um, I I think he's I think he's gonna finish outside of the top thirty. Like I would still start him because I think you just have to because he's getting do it enough. But he's he's not a, he he's not gonna pay off for a third round pick. Uh, I also think, and I thought about this especially after draft this year and kind of after draft last year that they were close to moving on moving on from one of these wide receivers because they drafted Van Jefferson in the second round last year. They drafted Tutu Atwell in the second round this year. At some point in time, considering how little draft capital they usually have, they can't keep this, and they're going to have to move off one of these wide receivers who are making $15-plus million a year. Um, and I just think they're falling out of love with Woods, who's, you know, he's getting close to 30. It kind of makes sense he's going to trail off, you know, I wouldn't be trading for him in any leagues. Um, that being said, I, I still think it helps really tip the trade in favor of, of Laurent to get um, to get Woods as well as Aaron Rodgers for AJ Brown. But um, yeah, I, I think I think Robert Woods is gonna be more frustrating this year for the uh, managers of him. Yeah, my uh, my only kind of. Uh pushback on that is that he saw nine targets this week you know um and i think that that's still pretty high now he i think he only caught five of them he only had five catches which uh and he, i think he's yet to oh he got one uh he got a touchdown in the first week i think didn't he have a rushing touchdown was that it was uh, in uh week one yeah i think we watched yeah. him do a rushing touchdown uh, no i think we left <laughs> we left no i think that was the early touchdown wasn't it no, no? Uh, Van okay. Jefferson had the early touchdown. Um, so, I think that I, I do. I do agree with you that uh, like it's clear that Cooper Cup's the number one. But to get nine targets in an offense is pretty solid. I think that that's and uh, if he converts, a, you know, a couple more of those, great. He's he's doing okay. So I, I, I'm not totally off of him yet. I don't think that you know. I, preseason it was like who's going to be the one and the two and people you know rolled the dice on who they thought that was going to be i was more of the robert woods because i just wanted it i don't there was really no data uh i was just like i want robert woods to be good um but uh i do think that he he does he ends up being like a low-end wide receiver too i think he gets back to to that those numbers not high in wide receiver two low-end wide receiver one i think that he's Ends up 21, 22, 23, something like that. Which, you know, is okay if he's your second. Uh, so I'll go now. And, like, surprise, I'm terrible, uh, is James Robinson. 
I'm just so sad about it. Uh, he's a guy that was on my team last year. He was a fantasy superstar last year. And although things are trending in the right direction uh, for him as far as his touches, so he's uh, at 72 yards on 16 attempts. So he's at, at like 4.5 average uh, uh, yards per carry. And he saw 11. Uh, he went from 5 to 11 in, um, touch, in, in carries, which is a good thing. He's caught six for nine targets. But it's just like, I just, I think that Urban Meyer might just be really bad. I think that this whole offense, this whole like football team and, and like organization might just be so like doing, going in the wrong direction. Um, when clearly like the better back is uh, James Robinson and they moved away from him, you know, uh, they moved away from Carlos Hyde uh, carries uh, this week, but James Robin, like they're just chucking the ball. They're throwing the ball. Um, and I, I don't like, I'm just disappointed that, um, that James Robinson isn't, isn't getting the rock and he lost a, he, he had a fumble, but they didn't lose it in the first game. Um, but like, if it doesn't turn around quickly, it, it like, he's kind of like right now, the best option they could they, right now. They're, it feels like they're in boat races. They're just like throwing the ball the whole time. It's like if they decided to like slow it down and like run the ball and like try and establish something, then they may not, you know, uh, get just like crushed. But um, yeah, I think like Jacksonville, like really the only player to like, who I think is startable each week uh, at the moment is Marvin Jones. And that's, even I think a boom bust play because uh, Robinson just isn't there. Um, yeah. Yeah. This was always the, the concern with um, yeah. the team. I mean, you know, James Robinson also is a modern day uh, outlier in that, like he got like a crazy high percentage of, of the touches of the team last year. Cause Doug right. Marone's an right. old school uh, blown eating uh, guy, um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I think, I think Jacksonville might like if Jacksonville gets back to a team that's like a four or five win team, um, there'll be enough touchdowns where like, I wouldn't drop them, um, no, no. but there'll be enough t- opportunities to do that. Um, I do want to talk about one more player on the downside because he was the first player I thought of this, but then I think you said you might talk about this player, um, so I didn't really present him, but I, I think we're both on the same page and we did promise to talk about it. Um, I, I think Clyde Edwards-Lair yeah. is a guy who is in a lot of trouble. Um, and I think they, I think Kansas City is, is kind of admitting to it. Um, now, I, I think one of the things that sticks out about him is he's the type, he's he represents um, like this new player empowerment uh, uh, thing, which like I'm all for in some ways, because but in, in this specific way related to him is why I I don't like when people start talking about player empowerment. Um, the story that everybody told when Clyde Edwards was doing great was 
Uh, Andy Reid called uh, Patrick Mahomes the night of the draft, and he was like, hey, we're going to draft a running back in the first round. Of these guys, who do you think we should take? And allegedly, Patrick Mahomes said Clyde Edwards-Lair. Um, that being said, I don't think... I, I'm not putting this fully on Patrick Mahomes because I don't know if he was watching, you know, 13 or however many games of LSU football versus how many games of Wisconsin football, however many games Georgia football. Um, but I think, I think he's just not, he's not a freak athlete. Um, I think he's just a very sound presentable starter, which is fine. But I think we all wanted so much and he had the big week one last year to open up the season. And we're like, Oh, this is so great. But I think, you know, I took uh, Darrell Williams because I was like, I have a feeling something might happen here. And Darrell Williams is the guy who's probably going to get the goal line touches the rest of the season as long as he stays healthy because Clyde just isn't good in the short yardage. Um, so I just wanted to bring him up because I, I, I felt we were presenting him and I, 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 think he's, I think he's in trouble. And there's no reason for Kansas City to figure out like, hey, our team will get better if we make Clyde better. That's just not in their game plan. It's three guys to make three guys succeed. It, it's Mahomes, it's Kelsey and Hill, and everybody else is a supporting cast member. And so if something's not working, they're not spending a lot of time to figure out how the supporting cast member has to be better. I, I, I'm just going to jump in before we move to our positive lives. You're right. It feels terrible talking down to you know, NFL players, but um, here are the ones, here are the running backs that went after him in that draft. DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor and Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins. Like I just go, oh, all of those I think would be more dynamic in the Kansas City uh, offense. And that's just going, oh, and A.J. Dillon, which I don't know if he would be better, but um, that's all just second round running backs. Antonio Gibson, you know, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's what LeBron did, where it's like he wanted these guys and, like, none of them lasted more than two years in the league. It's like, it, it it's not like an anti-LeBron thing. It's just they pay, these organizations pay hundreds of thousands of dollars of salaries to scouts to tell you everything about this guy, and they're just going to know more than the athletes. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I just uh, – it's one of those things that drives me crazy. It's like, get get the player that your best player wants. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. Did Dwayne Wade work well in Cleveland? Um, all right, let's move to our positive lives. Let's leave it there. Uh, so who is surprise? I'm good. Uh, I'm going to go full Homer and just uh, say Mr. Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones is, uh, I think, I think, I think they have figured out how to play with him. And I think in the weeks where he doesn't throw for a lot of passing touchdowns like last week, he's going to get 20. I mean, both weeks he hasn't gotten the passing touchdowns. If he if he has Darius Slating for that 40-yard uh, pass touchdown, that's another, what, uh, eight points? And he has 37 points. Like, he has he is the type of guy, if – if he really gets the fumbles in order, and I think also they've coached him up to get down more, um, that if he gets these fumbles under, he's going to do Lamar Jackson type things. Because um, it's it's very clear that he's as mobile. I, I know people just want to 
keep making the same joke. It's like, there's something that guys don't get, like, when they see him, they just don't think he's fast. I don't know what it is. And I think that's a funny joke. Um, no, but I, you know, I, th- I think he's, he's a great runner. Um, he's big, strong. He, he runs a lot like Lamar in the fact that he's like strong. Like he's not getting pulled down arm tackles. Like the, the guys like Michael Vick, and those type of mobile, mobile quarterbacks are just doing an elite athleticism. But Daniel Jones and Lamar Jackson are more strong, and they're just ripping through these arm tackles, which, you know, when you're reading, running that read option, the defensive end will have a chance to get his hand on you. But for a Daniel Jones, like, he's just going to be able to run through that. And then, you know, they're, they're up on the line trying to stop Barkley. So once they bite on Barkley... There's nobody after the defensive end. Like it's it's a double digit yard rush, um, and I think he's gonna start getting these contested balls with Kenny Galladay. I think Kenny Galladay he had like a blow up on the sideline, but I think that's related to him more than anything else. Um, and he'll come in, and I think he'll just get better because like he used to lead the league in contested catches, and once he starts doing that again, like the Giants' offense is gonna be flowing. I I think. You know, once that happens, like there's starting, there's certain evolutions to offenses, and like right now they have the baseline of like we have the Daniel Jones, we have the Sterling Shepard short, and now if they can just start hitting those deeper, fifteen yard plus passes to Galladay, that's going to really start opening up the the draws and also the swing passes out to Barkley because the safeties will start leaking back and you'll just be able to pick up eight yards with a swing pass to Barkley. I. I think Daniel Jones um, is going to be a great keeper for me as long as he doesn't get hurt um, and they don't fire a Joe Judge. I think I think he's going to be a top 10 quarterback for the year. Cool. Yeah, it was it was interesting to watch that Thursday night game because they were biting so hard on those, you know, uh, handoffs to Barkley, which you could just then see, like, the design of the play and that he just goes right out, which will, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, when they start to fit, when teams start defending against that and what that means for Barkley. And then what that means for uh, Daniel Jones. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it, I, I think that that's probably the, one of the biggest shocks or surprises um, of the season so far. Uh, he, he could end up being a really good quarterback. Like, the, the weird thing is it hasn't resulted in a win. I mean, last week was you know a, such a good game, um, but uh, and he had one called back, didn't he? He had a, he had a, he he ran one and there was a bad holding call or something. That he I got. don't usually blame the refs, but the refs affected that game in a way that's very uncomfortable. Um, but like, he wasn't like, offsides. That that have like an eight like a sixty yard rushing. He had a sixty yard rush, rushing, and then they called. Like a, a so wide receiver blocks downfield are called stock blocks, and he calls a stock he calls a holding play on a stock block, which never ever 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 gets called in the NFL, and for some reason got called. Um, also, at the end of the game, um, that guy didn't go offsides. He jumped on the motion of the center, so like it was just that he was that guy was ahead of everybody else. Um, so that was kind of garbage. And the Denver game, you know, if he doesn't fumble, they probably go in and score, and they have the momentum, and they're down three. And I think that I think they have a very good chance of winning that game. I think that fumble spooked him, 
And I think it also just got Joe Judge to spend the week saying, hey, when you get the first down, as soon as you see anybody within five yards, you get down and protect the ball. Like, we don't, that's not the MVP ball. We need you. We need you to hold on to the ball because we think you can throw it and run it. Just don't, don't, we don't need that one yard. It never matters. Cool. Uh, let's cap that and I will move on to my surprise. Hey, I'm good. And this isn't like too much of a surprise. Uh, I'm just kind of delighted and I think that he does well. And that's DJ Moore. He is a guy, like his production looks great so far. Um, you know, people were like, Sam Darnold uh, will may want to throw to Robbie Anderson more. CMC might cut into DJ Moore. Uh, and, you know, uh, Terrence Marshall uh, might, you know, that might take away, you know, there's a lot of mouths to feed. And DJ Moore is having a great start to the season. Um, so far, he's did eight seventy nine and one, and then uh, six for eighty. Uh, so last year he had four touchdowns total. He already has one. I think that this offense is, if he could, if he could get up to like six seven eight touchdowns, which I think is very possible, um, he could really catapult himself. Last year. Um, he had 11,000 yards and he had 115 attempts or 15 targets so far on a 16 game because he'll have more because it's that 17 game. So it's, I'm just going to go on 16 game. Uh, he's on pace for 152. So like 40 more targets. And so he's had eight targets in the, in the first game, 11 targets in the second game. He's getting, he is the, besides CMC, he is the focal point. He's like, he's the second read. He's the first wide receiver that Darnold's looking for, which is great. So I, I, I see that he could end up getting um, six, seven touchdowns and 1,300 yards. Like, I don't think that that's like out of the question. Where that lands him, I mean, it might be more than that. I'm kind of still in the 16 game. Uh, and it, so it's whatever the percentage is more than that, whatever one seventeenth more is than that. But I think that he could end up being like a top 10 guy. And that's like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you do the same, but like guys that I've had in the past that have hurt me or guys that I've like cheered for in the past, like to see them, like finally blew blow up. I'm like, yeah, I was right. It was just not right at this time. <laughs> and so it makes me feel good. But I'm I'm glad that DJ Moore is showing out. Now the knock against it is that he's had kind of two well, New Orleans isn't necessarily easy, but um he had the Jets first and then New Orleans. New Orleans really shut down Rogers, but I think that was more of a Green Bay thing. Uh so yeah, I think that DJ Moore could end up being a top, uh, I don't know, top 10 wide receiver. What, what I mean, are your thoughts? Well, I, I just, uh, I mean, he's 15, he's wide receiver 15 right now. Mm -hmm. 
I'm just uh, I'm just wrapping my head around a little bit because, um, and I think he's been fine, but I also don't know. Like he was the I was just looking at the draft board from this year, and obviously keepers aren't there, but uh, according to the draft board, he's the tenth wide receiver. So he's he's pseudo he's he's kind of actually underperforming, but I I think I think you bring up that he possibly. Uh, could actually outperform what he's done so far is is a very valid point and is very true because the Panthers haven't been trailing yet. So once they have to start trailing and really throw the ball, I think that will be um, very exciting. I think that is, I I think it shows. I think he's. I think what maybe um, what you're getting at is that he's now become the alpha and he's removed Robbie Anderson's value. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just stole the soul of Robbie Anderson. Um, which, which I agree. Um, so I, I, you know, I think he, he, I think he'll be wide receiver 10 to 18 this year. Um, I don't think he, I don't think he's shown that like red zone ability yet. Um, so like, so it'll always just come down to how much yardage he gets and you just have to wonder with somebody like McCaffrey on the team. Um, if the yardage, uh, if the yardage will be taken up by him with the receiving yards and the rushing yards. And so, um, yeah, I, I think, I think he'll continue to do what he's doing and yeah. Yeah. For, for me, like, you know, I, I, what I chose to do in this segment was kind of like, um, it's, it's not like the biggest surprise, right? It's like, oh, it's not Marquise Brown. Like, Marquise Brown, surprise, he's great. I, I wanted to choose someone who's, like, kind of a, like, oh, here's a guy that, like, at one point was, like, this is going to be the dude, and then wasn't. And he, he wasn't, like, all that great. Uh, and he did okay, but I, so I just think that he's actually progressing, and he could end up just being, being way up there. Uh, I, I do see him, like, being a, a top 10. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, anything you want to, anything else you want to say before we head into, uh, we're recording this Wednesday night, so Thursday night game tomorrow with DJ Moore um, going up against the Texans. No, I think that's, uh, that's everything I got. All right, dudes. So uh, I think we're going to try and have our first guest, our first co-manager, or first league manager on next week um to you know reflect on how it's gone for them uh and what what's going on in their in their fantasy life so uh stay tuned for that uh thanks so much for tuning in and your continued support on the league uh and then this podcast talk to you soon peace out